You are listening to Podcasting 101 with RSS.com. Getting you ready to launch and grow your podcast. Hey everyone, Ashley here with RSS.com. In this episode, we're chatting with Sam Sethi of PodFans. We're chatting all about the platform and what it can do for both podcasters and listeners alike. Enjoy the show. All right. Well, I'm just really, really stoked that you could be here. And um, I, I can't wait to hear everything that you're about to say, because I know you're an OG in the podcasting world. So, um, Sam, welcome to the show. <laughs> thank you very much. Can you do us a favor and tell us a little bit about what it is that you do? Yeah, I'm, I co-host a podcast with uh, the original OG, James Critland, who is on Pod News. Uh, he does Pod News daily, and we do Pod News weekly together, and we do some Pod News live events and various other things we do together. And I'm also the CEO of a new podcast platform called PodFans that's launched very shortly. Okay, that's exactly what I wanted to bring you on here for. What is PodFans? Okay, so PodFans is a brand new listening app. Um, I've been working with my developers so there's only two of us building it we've been working on it for a year day in day out even on christmas day we worked um and fundamentally we've built a platform that we think is in design terms you know we've gone for the apple-esque end of the design cycle we're not you know we're not apple but we've gone for a high-end quality design we've built it as a what we call a pwa progressive web app so it's not going to be a native iOS or Android app. It's basically, it works on the desktop, on your iPad, on your mobile phone, and it just detects the size of the product and then shrinks down to it. Um, and the goal of what we've done is to create what's unique um, about it is it uses a monetization thing called SATs. Now, SATs are funny tokens, money, if you want to call it. They're based on Bitcoin. Now, before everyone goes to sleep, um, Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a stable currency and uh, a micro payment of the Bitcoin is called a sat or a satoshi after the inventor. Now, let me step back. So when we look at podcasting today, um, podcasting has got four or five challenges, right? First of all, any podcaster who starts a podcast is like, how do I monetize it? How do I monetize, right? So is it advertising? Is it sponsorship? Well, sponsorship's really hard to get because economic markets changed. Advertising, unless you're getting 10,000 downloads, so your $25 CPM rates aren't really going to kick in. So, you know, yes, your Joe Rogan's are going to be fine and your top 10%. But at the bottom end of that the long tail, you know, the most where most podcasts are, we're not going to be getting 10,000. We might get 1,000, which is brilliant. We might get 5,000, which is utterly amazing. But in terms of advertising, it won't really sustain the podcast. So when we started um, PodFans and Adam Curry, inventor of podcasting, is the, the driver behind this, he created a model called Value for Value. And the idea was, could we create a way to monetize podcasters where the podcast creator sets a value and that the listener either agrees with the value or doesn't. Now, again, let me take a slight tangent. I'm going to take two tangents. Sorry, Ashley. First tangent is 
if you go into a, uh, a store in London, uh, I assume this works around the world, but if you go to a store in London and you go to buy a jumper, the jumper is actually an offer price. It's not a fixed price. So you can go and take that off the rail, go up to the counter and say, you've said this is going to be $30. I'm going to give you $20, right? And that is legal. That's value for value. They set a value. I get a value that I agree to. And they could accept my value. So we've done that in podcasting. We've created a model digitally where the creator sets their price and me as the listener sets my price of what I will agree to pay. So that's the first step. Now, because that couldn't work with PayPal or Stripe or any of the other payment works, because they take 3%, 4% of the payment as a gateway provider, and also they don't do micropayments. If I just wanted to pay 50 cents or, or 75 cents, couldn't do it. So this is where micropayments, the Satoshis, comes in. So to to step back about 15 minutes of, of this conversation, um, Podbounce is a listening app that basically one of four things that it does differently is it is a platform where users can pay their favorite content creators and sustain them in micropayments. So it sounds like it's similar to the Fountain app. Is that is that correct? Yeah, me and Oscar are mates. He's a he's a okay. lovely fellow Brit, lovely guy. Um, yeah, Oscar and I have got very similar thinking. So. Uh, probably if I went and said, look, um, there are five pillars to both of our products. I, I won't speak for Oscar, I'll just speak for myself, but discovery, uh, interactivity, monetization, community, uh, and, and basically gamification, right? So we both are doing those, right? So in terms of discovery, um, we support this new podcast index 2.0 extension to RSS. This is just a set of new features. So we've created both of us, and I'll, I'll talk for PodFans, a search engine where you can type in the name of the podcast, which is what most podcast apps will do, Apple or Spotify. But now you can also search for person, location, country, keyword, category, right? So a cleverer way to discover podcasts, step one. Interactivity is the ability to, hey, have you ever wanted to go to the podcast that you're listening to? You know, Ashley, I disagree with what you're saying there, or I love what you just said at that moment, right? And and leave a comment. Now, that's common on YouTube, but you try that on Apple and Spotify, it doesn't really work. So in the podcasting 2.0 namespace, we've created these things. They're called boosts. They're comments with a micropayment. That's what a boost is. So I might say, Ashley, I loved what you said at minute 44. And I'll go, you know what? I'm going to reward you for what you said. I'm going to give you 100 sats. Now, 100 sats is 0. 0.0001 cent. It's nothing. It's micro of micro. And that's the idea behind micropayments. Now, you think about it 20 years ago, right? I'm, I'm going to stick you back. Sorry, I'm. this is all over the place, but there is a reason, right? So I was the Netscape product marketing manager for the original browser. And one of the things that Mark Andreessen, my boss, is uh, always wanted to do or did want to do was create a micropayment system. He couldn't do it. Um, and the result of that was that in order for social media, blogging or any other digital content, we got hearts and likes and all those sorts of things as sentiment analysis. Hey, I really loved your blog post, heart. I really thought that post you wrote medium was great, clap, right? Or tweet, you know, heart. So. All of that was a sentiment, but there was no money. So you couldn't, you could write all you like, film all you like, but, and take a million hearts to the bank manager and the bank manager goes, so what actually, 
that makes no sense. I can't pay you, right? So then we had advertising as a way of monetizing and look, no one wants advertising, right? We really don't want it. We do it as a dirty thing we do because it has to pay for what we want to really do, which is our podcast. Um, so we accept advertising and often advertising is intrusive or it's non-related. So it's not contexted to the podcast content. So advertising is not a great model either, but that's what we had before micropayments. So discovery, interactivity with boosts, monetization we've talked about. Gamification is another thing that's coming to podcasting. It's the idea of going, hey, Ashley, are you the number one fan of X podcast? How do we know? Well, Sam might be the number one fan. Well, you were the first to discover it. You played it longer than Sam. You shared it with more friends. You left three comments. You left two boosts. You liked it, blah, blah, blah. So you've earned points for all of those activities and that shows you are higher ranked than I am. So suddenly you can create badges like discovery badges or Ashley is a super fan, whatever. And then of course rewards come to super fans and the way the rewards come are in pod fans for certainly. If you're the super fan of a podcast, you get a split, a payment of the money that the podcast is getting. So the podcast might get a thousand sats and you're the super fan, you get 1% of those sats. So your activity, your time yeah, has value. So discovery, interactivity, gamification, monetization, and community. And the community part, last part is we've built a complete social network inside a pod farm. So you can follow friends, you can create playlists, you can share playlists, you can communicate. We've got this feature called co-listening which is really, really cool. So let's say you and I were listening to another podcast. I go onto your profile and I go, I wonder what Ashley is listening to right now. And it says, Ashley's listening to this podcast. I click a button next to it and I jump in exactly at the same moment in time that you're listening. And you see my face appear in your profile. You now know that I'm listening with you. So then you might make a comment Hey Sam, what did you think of that? And we can have a conversation about the podcast as we're listening together without having it to be live and all that. So there's lots and lots of cool tools that are coming to podcasting to make it much more, I guess, interactive, rewarding, uh, and yeah, those sorts of things. I think that's really cool, everything that you said, because I mean, you're basically not just monetizing engagement, but encouraging people to actually connect over their favorite podcasts yes i mean it's called pod fans for a reason what what it was based on kevin kelly's uh seminal blog called 1000 true fans i don't know if you've ever read it and i highly recommend everyone who's watching or listening to this to do so because what kevin kelly wrote was um, instead of chasing a million likes or a million people just focus on your community, find your 100 or 1000 true fans, get them to pay you something for the content you create. And therefore you will have a sustainable podcast or a sustainable business. So imagine if you had a podcast where each one of your fans paid you 10 pound a month and you had a thousand fans over the year, that's a hundred thousand dollar business. Boom. That's great. That's brilliant. So that's the basis of what Fountain, what Podverse, what uh, Podfriend, what Podfans are doing. 
what the podcasting 2.0 apps are doing is we're trying to make it so that people reward content creators with real money and not just likes and hearts and therefore they have a sustainable podcast yeah i heard about the the book that you referenced by way of pat flynn's superfans yeah because uh, that was kind of where i i first was introduced to the idea of okay if you get ten dollars a month then you know you have a from one thousand fans you have a six-figure business mm -hmm. and i think it's fascinating because yes we all want to monetize our 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 efforts and things like that, especially since podcasting is a lot of work. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we're all craving that community. And it sounds like what you're building is a way to have the community built around something that we're already passionate about, which is our podcast. Yes. And I think, again, going back to that interactivity, having that feedback loop from your fans, being able to message them. So it's not a one way communication. So, hey, oh, Ashley's just sent me a boost. Great. Well, what about me sending something back to Ashley, right? How do we, you know, that that's what we're craving. Because as you said, podcasting is a very lonely sometimes, it's so, especially if you're a solo podcaster. I used to have um, a podcast called Sam Talks Technology where I interviewed industry leaders, but that was a solo podcast. And sometimes that is a really lonely place to do it. Now, with James and I bouncing off each other, it makes it a lot easier to do. It's a lot less of a grind that way too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but being able to communicate with your community, the, the, the people who are your true fans, that also is a real bonus. Absolutely. And one of the things that you mentioned, the co-listening, I like the mm. idea of that because it, it kind of reminds me of the Facebook watch parties where mm. you could like interact and, and watch things with your with your fellow, you know, Facebookers. But the idea of doing it in a space that's not connected to to social media sounds it sounds really appealing because you know right now one of the big things that's happening with all aspects of social media is we're starting to all feel like like you mentioned you know advertising is very disruptive yep. it's feeling like everything's intruding on what we're trying to get the messages we're trying to learn and so if we're not in a space where while we're hearing our favorite podcaster talk now we're getting an ad for you know whatever it is they mentioned or whatever it is we liked um i think that's kind of neat that we're we're kind of almost bringing it back to the pay to 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 see your favorite people but also you could just show up and hang out and that just sounds really exciting <laughs> yeah i mean you know the one thing i'd say is look we pay for music look i'm old enough to remember napster right peer-to-peer -peer, uh music where we where we shared music and tried to bootleg music because we couldn't afford to buy it right it was pre-spotify and and that whole model was driven by people wanting to have music and willing to pay a little bit to get it. And when Spotify came along and said, look, just pay $9.99, you can have everything, right? You know, it's like the Chinese buffet, pay your $9.99, eat all you like, or listen to what you want. We all went great. And that was job done. And, and we didn't bootleg music. The same way with audiobooks, we're now used to doing it. We all have a Netflix account, a Disney account, an Apple account, a Prime account. I mean, we're, we're subscriptioned to death, right? Um, and that whole thing now is going full circle to the next stage where people are saying, look, I just want to pay per minute for content I consume. So I don't want to pay for the whole of a track, music track. I don't want to pay the whole of a video. I don't want to pay for the whole of a podcast. I want to pay for the bit that I consume. So in podcasting, for example, you might look at chapters. You might scan down the chapter and go, oh, there's a chapter about pod fans. Oh, oh I want to listen to that. Um, no, if I want to listen to the rest of this. 
you just listen to that one segment and you only pay for it as opposed to i pay in advance for the whole podcast or whatever so yeah i, I think we're moving to a new model it's going to take time for people to grasp it but value for value and per minute payment using digital micropayments is the next wave of the web yeah, it definitely sounds like it. And it, it sounds like it's, um, even though people might at first blush be like nervous about it, like I, I feel like it's giving back control to both the podcaster and the listener because now instead of, like you said, an ad that I have no choice but to listen to or maybe skip ahead 30 seconds, instead I can just listen to what I came here for and enjoy the message. And if I do like it, then maybe tip my host. <laughs> yeah, and I think... I think what you've got to also remember is that, um, you know, um, with, with podcasting, again, you know, we get dynamic ad insertion. And most people, this is the dirty secret of podcasting that people don't like to talk about, but it's true. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll say it. I skip forward all the ads. I don't listen to them. I, I stop before the end because I don't want to hear the end. I really don't listen to the preamble if they're boring you know, telling, telling me about what they did with their cat this week. I don't really care. I only want to listen to the meat of the podcast that I want to listen to. And that's all that I should do. Now, paying for podcasts is very wrong right now, it feels, right? Because we get it for free, right? We get it. Um, but if you don't pay for your favorite creators and they're not getting the money from advertising, and let's be honest, subscription doesn't work. Apple are pushing subscriptions really hard and they don't really work properly. If I said to you, how many subscription podcasts do you have? How many have you got? I had one for a minute. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had one for about three months and then I canceled it. <laughs> you don't feel like you want to do that because you, you, you go, well, why am I paying for this? You know, But if you could then say, look, I'm going to pay you. So an hour's podcast might cost you 6,000 sats, right? If you were paying 100 sats per minute. That 6,000 sats is probably less than 50 cents. I mean, if you can't pay your favorite podcaster 50 cents to support them, keep them going, then you probably will find they'll end up doing what we call pod fade and just disappearing because they'll get bored and not making money. And then you'll go, oh, I really like that podcast. Why did they go? Well, because no one paid them. So, yeah. We, and that's one of the most depressing things in the world is pod fading. <laughs> yeah. And so, look, I'm not saying that we're going to have this new world of digital wallets and Albi and micropayments. And I know RSS.com support digital wallets and Albi, um, just as we do at PopFab. But but people have to get used to this vocabulary. And, and, and one quick story for there for Ashley. Um, as I said, I was at Netscape when the browser was first in, in brought to mass market, right? And I remember going to talk to people. It's called a browser, Ashley. It's on TCPIP. Now it starts with HTTP. Stick with me, Ashley, colon, forward slash, forward slash, www dot something something dot com. No, there's no search engine yet, but you'll be fine. Now, if you imagine those days of trying to explain what a browser was and what the web was and how to find your way around it, it was sounded like me talking Swahili. We're in exactly that same cycle. I tell you it's a micropayment. I tell you it's called Satoshi's. I tell you there's a digital wallet and you can pay per minute. And you're looking at me going, oh, and what's that? Don't think this is ever going to catch on, but it will. And that's my belief. So, yes, that's what we've built pod fans around. 
I, I hope it does. But what you were describing kind of reminded me, I don't know if you've seen the viral clip of um, newscasters that were trying to explain what email was, you know, back when it was first becoming a thing. And it was very amusing. I'll have to send you that video. Oh, please do. Because <laughs> um, before Netscape, I, I was uh, a systems engineer at Microsoft. And I was there when we first used to demo uh, Windows for Workgroups, it was called. And it was a Ethernet connected local area network mail system that Microsoft had for Exchange. And I just remember this room of senior execs looking at me and I'd get an Excel spreadsheet and I'd create a table and I'd create a chart in Excel. Then I'd do drag and drop into word and they went up oh, or cut and paste into word and then i go it's dynamic and then i go back to the excel spreadsheet and i change a number and the chart would change in word it was amazing and then i go huh don't you worry now i'm gonna me email it to all my colleagues i you know you, you forget sometimes how crazy and that's only 20 years ago that we 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 had that world where you know just taking an image or creating a chart and putting it into a document and emailing it to a group of people was the bleeding edge of computing. Yeah, I can't even imagine where we're going to be in the next 20, 30 years. I mean, just as far as we've come just in the last 30, I mean, I remember back in, in high school, first finding out about dial-up, like, can you get off the phone so I can get on the internet? Like, that's just so wild that nowadays we don't even think about it. So I'm sure that, you know, if, if this does continue to, to be a thing, which it sounds like it will be, mm -hmm. um, people are going to start to get used to it and it'll just become second nature, just like everything else that we're currently in, enjoying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if I wanted to send you, uh, an email, I just say, hey, Ashley, what's your email address? And you go, oh, it's this, this, and this, right? So, and you think, don't think twice about it. Right. And then I don't think twice. I go to my email client, I type in that, whatever you gave me address type my words and I click send and it magically appears in your inbox. Now, nobody needs to know that I went through I'm up for a pop three server or blah, 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 and how it got to you, right? No one cares. Well, your, your wallet address is like your email address. Mine is sam at getalby.com, but I could change that to be sam sethy at me.com, which is my email address, right? And then instead of an email client that you would go to, you go to your digital wallet on your laptop and you go, right, I want to send Ashley 10,000 sats. Right, Ashley, what was your wallet address? And you go, it's Ashley at getalby.com. Great, thanks, Ashley. I just type that in, 10,000 sats, click send, and boom, instantly that would appear in your wallet. Peer-to-peer, -peer, not through a bank, not through a third-party gateway, directly to your wallet. And once people get that and understand how that works, that is the magic that will happen. And then that will slowly evolve into, well, what else can I do with my magic wallet now? I, well, I can listen to content. I can give sentiment feedback. I can do all sorts of things with it. Yeah, it's going to take time for it to catch on, but when it does, it'll go fast. Now, at the same time, though, it doesn't sound like we're taking away the idea of a free podcast listen experience. No. It sounds like instead we're just enhancing the ability to give back to the people you're listening to. Is that right? Correct. So value for value, as I said, so I, as a podcast creator say, I want to, I want you actually to pay me a hundred sats per minute. Uh, and you go, nah, you know what? Zero. I'm paying you nothing. I'm just taking this as normal for free. Right. And you can do that. That's you setting your value of zero on the content creator. 
Now that's that's what you can do, and that's fine. And probably if it's a brand new podcast you've never heard, you probably will set it to zero. You'll probably say, "I'll give it a little bit of a listen." Ooh, they're not bad actually. I quite like this one. Then you might say, "The next time an episode drops, I'll give them ten sats per minute, not a hundred that they want." And maybe the next time it's fifty sats, and eventually you might go, "You know what? I'll give them what they say. It's a really cool podcast." So it takes time. It takes trust. But yeah, you can set the value to zero. You don't have to pay. Cool. That's good to know because that's obviously going to be the one thing that's going to scare people is, oh, well, everything's paywalled now. I'm just going to go listen to the guy that's free. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no, you don't have to pay. It, it, it's a, it's an opt-in model rather than an opt-out model. I love that. And it, again, it makes it feel like you're having more control over the transactional experience. Yeah. So I like that a lot. So when when do you anticipate that PodFans is going to roll out? Like, is it in alpha? Is it going to be in beta soon? Like, what's going on with that? It's in alpha right now. Uh, we've got a wait list. Uh, it's a very long wait list at the moment because we are in bug crushing moments. So what we're doing right now is uh, bringing on three or four people a week, um, getting them to play with it. So all come known you know, really hammer this, see what it does. And um, so far, so good. We've found a couple of minor UI, more UI features that people go, oh, didn't expect that button to do that. Or I thought that would do X or Y rather than that didn't work. And, you know, is a proper bug. So um, we're making just some minor, minor changes. I mean, what, what happens with PodFans is when you come on, you, you, you come on, now, you might have an RSS.com wallet from Albi. You might not. So you come on, you, you put your name in. You've got an invite code at the moment, but we'll remove that eventually when we're in the beta. So you put your name in. You say what uh, currency you want, um, your default currency to be, so dollars in your case, Ashley. And then you say, um, connect my wallet or give me a wallet. Right, so... You either, you either have a wallet and you want to use your current wallet or you say, I don't have a wallet, give me a new wallet, right? And it, it hopefully will create a wallet for you in our onboarding process. I talked about gamification. So what we've done is we've gamified the onboarding. So you put in your basic details, you connect your wallet and suddenly we've given you 200 sats. Well, what was that for? Well, for joining and for connecting your wallet. The next thing is you can connect your Twitter account, your social account. Great, we'll give you another 100 sats. Oh, this is nice. I'm earning some money from just my activity. Now, each of your Twitter followers, people that you follow, um, might have a number against it, i.e. the number of people they follow. We will, If you invite any of your Twitter friends, we will give you the exact number of their followers. So if you've got a friend who's got 300 followers, and you invite them and they join, we'll give you 300 sats. So it's a bit of fun, again, just all your friends have value. Suddenly you can gamify bringing your friends as well. And then when you go and start to play your first podcast, then, you know, the money then goes, flows the other way. You then pay if you want to, or you set the value to zero. Then you can boost, you can clip things, you can share back. And eventually you understand that the model is gamified. So sometimes we're paying you because of activity and sometimes you're paying a creator because that's what you want to do um if you create a playlist for example in PodFans, and someone plays your playlist you get paid because you were a creator of that playlist so suddenly your time and your attention for everything you do on PodFans has value 
and that's why we gamify the system so yeah so you get given a wallet you get given 10,000 sats by the time you've finished your onboarding and you've got some funny money in a wallet that you can start to play with see how this system works it's pretty safe that's good that's actually what i was going to ask you is how's the security and safety of it yeah i mean first and foremost you're not having to get a credit card out you're not having to make any personal purchase so we're giving you satoshis as part of your uh, onboarding gamification profile um so great so if you get ten thousand sats you listen to three or four podcasts and you go nah this is not for me i don't like it you've lost nothing and we've lost nothing right safety job done if you then decide i really like it yeah you have to then top up your wallet and the only way to top up your wallet is two ways one is to be more active in the podfans platform so earn money from your activity sharing commenting clipping or you can go to a third party bank called moonpay it's a, an accredited bank uh, it's a partner of Olby's where you can put in your apple pay or your google pay or your credit card and you can put in 10 pounds or 10 dollars you know and 10 10 dollars will give you probably 300,000 sats right so it's quite a lot of money suddenly that you can pay with and so the idea eventually is that you will trust the system that you're helping support your favorite podcasters you're earning some money as well it's a bit of fun while you're doing podcasting and at the same time when you do need to top up your wallet it's through a secure bank it's not through me or some third party um, and so that's quite nice um it reminds me of the early days of amazon when when amazon first came out and uh, people would go onto amazon.com they put things in their basket and then they wouldn't put their credit card so then they'd rig up a call center hi yeah it's sam yeah i've got basket yeah it's full yeah 50 50 quid <laughs> right okay here's my credit card number and you'd read it out to them because you didn't trust them yeah. right and then eventually you go actually prime and it was called one click and you went okay i'm going to put my credit card in one click oh that worked i've done this three times now they've not taken any other money out from my credit card feels good okay I will now trust them and now no one thinks of it you know you just put your credit card into uh into amazon you get your prime account and guess what you click a button the next day the thing arrives in that same way we will get people to realize your wallet is very secure and very safe and it's your wallet and you can top it up either through activity or through credit card payment that's awesome that to know that it's secure is probably going to help people feel a lot better about it so with um with the pod fans mm. do you anticipate that this will be a really good way for people to promote their show to kind of increase the number of downloads that they're getting or do downloads even matter anymore at this point download as a metric doesn't matter we've created a brand new set of metrics with a company called bump um, bumper is um uh, jonas Fust uh, and uh, a couple of the other guys who've come out of Pacific content, so a really good analytics company in Canada. And what we do is because we have a pay per minute model, and even if you're not paying, we're tracking you per minute. So we know how long you've listened to a podcast. So let's say there's a 30 minute podcast and we know you've listened to 20 minutes. So we will show you 20 minutes, a percent of that as a percentage completed. And the amount of sats you've paid if you have paid any 
So those three metrics together, which are, you know, time, percentage completed, and the value paid are much, much, much more powerful than, oh, I just downloaded it. Because you know what? If you've got Apple and it's set to auto-download, you've never heard of it. But the podcaster runs the advertiser goes, oh, 10,000 downloads. Just how many people listen to it? Nobody. I don't know. I have no idea. And then, you know that ad, and I was telling you the dirty secret of podcasts, you know that ad that's third into your podcast, then no one listened to it. Because guess what? They downloaded and listened to 10 minutes, but that ad was at 25 minutes. Well, now, so downloads are a rubbish, rubbish metric. What, what, um, uh, time listened, percent completed and value paid gives you a much stronger. So yes, I listened to 60 minutes of your podcast. Great. I know how far you got and oh, 60 minutes is 80% of your podcast. Great. So 80% of my podcast you listen to. And you paid me 4,000 sats. Amazing. That's real value. And that's how the metrics, the next generation of metrics are coming along. So yeah, that's what we do. Yeah, it definitely sounds like doing, doing that, like looking at those metrics shows, yeah, okay, I may not have a lot of downloads, but I have engaged loyal fans that really care about what exactly. I'm saying. And you know how much they paid or how long they listened or how much they completed. Those are the much more valuable... And as an advertiser, that third ad, they can go, hey, Ashley, you know that ad that was in your podcast that we dynamically inserted? Did anyone listen to it? Oh, yeah, you know what, Sam? There you go. 80% of my customer base listened to over 90% of my podcast. They heard your ad. You know, maybe they've skipped it. Shh, don't tell them that part. But other than that, <laughs> other than that, th at least they got past your ad and they might have heard it. That's the best you can offer. Well, I know you said you're in alpha now, but when did you say about that beta is going to be rolling out? Uh, looking at probably the uh, end of July. So the beta is really um, us taking the desktop app, which is what works now, um, and uh, making that desktop app a progressive web app. So making it work on your mobile and on your iPad. And so it's not hard. What we've done is we've gone for the model of complete all the features, create all the functions, make sure it works, remove all the bugs as best we can, never remove all of them. And once that's all tested and functioning and we think we're good to go, then we then start to work on how do we shrink it down when somebody's got it on a different screen. And so that's going to take us three, four weeks of time of development to do that. So that's when the beats will open. And so we'll go alpha now come to podfans.fm, beta, probably July is what it's going to take us to do. Um, and then, yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed, we will have people then going, yeah, I love it, or I can use it on my mobile, um, or I can use it on my desktop, same app. So if, if someone wanted to get an invite now, what would they need to do? Just come to podfans.fm and just click the join the waitlist, and yeah, we're opening the doors slowly to various people. Okay. Well, it sounds like it's it's rocking and rolling. Like we're on the cusp of this thing, and, and we're going to see some really big things happen very very soon. Well, um, as we wrap up here, I have to bring up one thing that I always do, and I have to ask you the one question I mm -hmm. ask everyone. What's one question I didn't ask you in this interview that you really wish I had? 
Oh, one the one good question, Ashley. I like that. What was the one thing I didn't reveal? Um, what's what how, or how will you um, overcome Apple and Spotify's market dominance? Okay, then that let's let's hear the answer if you've got one. Yeah. So uh, with Spotify, Spotify's in big trouble. Not not because of pod fans. They are in big trouble. Period. As a business, because the exclusives haven't worked. Um, they have a what we call a fixed price model so you pay 9.99 you pay 14.99 that is what you pay right family or individual and the problem you've got is that the record companies are wanting more of the profit so they're squeezing spotify from the top spotify can't increase the price significantly at the bottom because if you and i had to pay $29.99 for Spotify, we just jump to Amazon or Apple, right? Because guess what? They won't increase it. The problem Spotify's got is Amazon's got Amazon, the food stores and the, the home delivery and all the things we said, plus they've got films, plus they've got books, plus they've got all these other things. Apple have got all these other revenue streams. Spotify's pretty much core business is music and books and podcasts. So they can't afford to subsidize that business with another business, whereas the other two can keep the price low and even run them as loss leaders. So Spotify's got a really hard problem. As I said, PodFans is based on a variable pricing system. You only pay for what you consume, and because you only pay for what you consume, if you're a low consumption person, then you'll only pay a little bit. And if you're a high consumption person, you pay more, right? That's great. Whereas with Spotify, they can't change that. So that's their big Achilles heel and I think you'll begin to see that will cause them. They're still not profitable. They've IPO'd. They're still losing money. They're bleeding staff. They got rid of 200 people last week, had a podcasting. They are just in a bad place, right? They won't say it, but that's where they are. And by the way, audiobooks aren't paying them either because they have to do a jump out. So they really are on a squeeze. Apple it's slightly different. I mean, Apple could kill this whole industry tomorrow if they made Apple pay a micropayment system and said, right, you know what? We're just going to allow you to pay with Apple Pay and no fees. Wow, we're all dead. So Apple is still very scary in this business. Um, so I think Spotify is the target market I'm, I want to try and aim for. I think um, we've got features for the Podcast Index 2.0 name feature, like person tags, people, um, all the discovery stuff we talked about earlier is location. Um, we've got interactivity. So we've got lots and lots of things that the industry and pod fans do that pop that Spotify don't do. So I think that's, that's the target we would go for. And you might say to me, have you been here before with this? Yes. I was at Netscape when we took on Microsoft and Microsoft lost. I've been in this fight before. It was called the Browse Award. I was front and center. This is the podcast war and uh, I'm front and center for this one as well. Well, I guess we need to all get our armor on for this war. Indeed. <laughs> Bring it on, Daniel. I'm ready. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. And I can't wait to, I mean, personally, I'm going to definitely be going to pod stands and, and I'd like to play with an account myself just to see Absolutely. what there is to see. Yep. <laughs> Come, uh, well, you are going to be invited in no problem at all after this. Fantastic. That's good to hear. Well, thank you so much for being here and, and telling us all about what we can expect from pod fans. And, and I guess it sounds like the future of podcasting. I'd like to think so.
<laughs> I would too. Absolutely. Well, um, is there anything else you wanted to share before we wrap up? No, I think I think the, the, the one thing people have got to look at is, again, complexity is fail simplicity. That's one of my favorite sayings. And uh, this world of micropayments and wallets has been very complex to understand. And it's the job of people like me and Oscar at Fountain and Mitch at Podverse and Martin at Podfriend to make it easier so that the end user, the listener, doesn't have to think twice about how to do this stuff. It's second nature. So I think give it another six months, I think it will be second nature. It will be common fair for people to talk about having a, a wallet. Do you know there's 50 million podcast wallets out there already today? Um, no, I didn't. Yeah. And somebody gave me a really interesting stat. Back in 1996, there were roughly 50 million users on the internet using a browser. That's how many there were then. If you say the wallet and the browser are similar sort of, you know, learning technology to get on, then we are pre-Web 1.0. We are still not in the hype cycle of growth. So I think there's a long way to go in this, this platform, new world of value for value. But once it does take off, boy, oh boy, will it be big. Well, then it definitely sounds like if anyone doesn't have a podcast now, they need to get on the train. Indeed. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you again for being here. Pleasure, Ashley. Thank you for inviting me. Well, my fellow podcasters, we hope you enjoyed the insights, tips, and ideas shared in this episode. To learn more about launching and growing your own show, head over to rss.com backslash blog. And if you're ready to launch a podcast of your own, you can get started for free with your first episode on us. Thanks for tuning in.